Welcome to Stories from the Pitch, a podcast dedicated to creating a living all our history about street performing and some of the crazy characters who populate this world. I'm Magic Brian, your host for this growing collection of interviews. In this episode, I spoke with someone who is not a street performer, but has had to deal with street performers for many years, Andy Meldrum. Many of you know him from the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, where he's the street events manager. Others may have met him working a gig for Dolphin Creative, who has been a very supportive sponsor of this podcast. I thought it appropriate to release this episode in August, since it's the first time in the history of the Edinburgh Fringe Festival that it's not happening, and Annie has been such a big part of it, especially for the street performers. I talked to him back in March when the pandemic was centered in China, and as far as anyone knew, the festival was going on as usual. I was doing a gig for Dolphin Creative in Sharjah at the Sharjah Fringe, and he was kind of sit down and chat with me. Before I released this episode, I got in touch with him to get his perspective on an Edinburgh Fringeless summer. And he said the announcement that the festival was not going ahead as planned was made on April 1st, and lots of people thought it was a joke. He said it's very quiet there with a lack of tourists and that the overriding comment is that it's like a ghost town. I asked him what he thinks the festival will look like in 2021, and his take is that it's unlikely for it to be going back to business as usual. He said the festival environment is high risk in terms of spreading germs and that festival flu is a thing every year. He said he thinks that street performance will come back quicker than indoor shows, and he's hoping that the high street will be back in some form next year. Obviously, no one really knows what the future holds for festivals or street theater. We'll just have to wait and see. In the meantime, I hope you enjoy this conversation I had with Andy and learn how he went from working the box office at the Gilded Balloon at age 17 to his 11-year stint as street events manager and living a life he never thought he'd have. We're in Sharjah. I'm with Andy Meldrum. Did you ever think you'd be in charge of the 30 street performers? I have no idea. No, I don't know. It's weird even being here now. 30 performers in Sharjah. Yeah. Yeah. I've never even heard of Sharjah. <laughs> no, most people don't know where it is. Yeah. So let's go back. What's, what's, what's your start? Where did you, how did you start in this business? So um, I, worked for, I worked for the Fringe for a long time before doing the street stuff. Um, so I, I, I And you're from, you're from Edinburgh. I'm from Edinburgh originally, so I, I suppose start start. I, I kind of uh, um, um, a bit of a failed acting career in uh, in school, okay. <laughs> and uh, but I kind of liked the vibe, so um, I, uh, I there was this there was a so there was a I didn't really know what to, what I wanted to do in terms of education and university and stuff. I, I didn't have any idea at all. Um, but there was a, a new course um, that was events. Well, it was. It's called Arts Management at the old Telford College in Edinburgh. And so I went and did two years of that, um, which taught me pretty much nothing at all. But it was <laughs> kind of fun for a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, but then I had a job. My first, well, second of a job um, after being a pie maker was... Um, a pie maker? A pie maker, yeah. It was my first job at a pie maker in Edinburgh. In wow. Pies. I can still throw out an amazing pie. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favourite pie to make? Oh, man. Uh, I think the cheese and the, the, the cheese and onion ones, because it didn't have meat in it. And uh-huh. it was, I mean, it was disgusting. It was... <laughs> Never eat a pie from pie maker. Anymore. Okay. <laughs> anyway, okay. Second job. <laughs> second job was. Uh, I thought you slipped it in. <laughs> it was very yeah, subtle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, slipped in the filling. Um, second job was working for um, the Gilded Balloon in Edinburgh um, in, the, in their box office, and I, was, I think I was I think I was seventeen at the time. I had just an amazing time, and it was just you know seventeen, first time you know out drinking and stuff, and you know out at the festival and you know at the old late and live venues and things like that, and had such an amazing time, and that was the yeah that was the first fringe I've done, fringe I did, and I must have done about twenty um, since, 
and still that was the best time yeah 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 I had no responsibilities yeah you know, like uh, still young so I could still kind of drink and then go to work the next day uh-huh. and it was just total fun anyway so I started doing that kind of thing and uh, I worked for the Fringe for a, for a little while doing their, their program and working on their program production and then doing kind of a little events during the actual Fringe you know, I did the Fringe opening party and stuff like that and Anyway, this so so um, the job just came up really. The, so they, I think they advertised the um, the job for the street events manager um, in the paper, and I thought, well, you know, I'll give that a try. And I think it was twenty eight at the time, and and it was far beyond what I was kind of capable of. And what did you know about the street performance stuff? I knew very little. I knew very little. I knew because I, I knew that Kathy and Ginny had done it for a long time before me. Yeah. Um, but it was quite. It's quite a sort of separate thing from the rest of what what the Fringe kind of does. Because the Fringe, their core thing is really to to produce a program, to um, market the Fringe as a whole, and to run a box office. And that that's that kind of core bits. And the street events was a kind of a thing that was kind of tacked on later, which which they just want to manage it. Yeah, they, they. I think. I think it was how it started. I think was the um, it was the council. It was. A, it was a free for all. I think. I think was the, the history was. It was a free. It was a bit of a free for all down on the mound. Yeah. And then one and, year and, the, and mound, the high street, I think as well. And the high street, uh, yeah, and the high street. I think one year that the mound was closed for some reason for the refurb. So mm-hmm. everybody moved up onto the high street because there was no you know nowhere else to go for for doing shows. And there were still buses coming along at that time, and cars and things like that. And it was all—it was, was a bit of a chaotic situation, according to the, the council, whose offices were on the Royal Mile. So they yeah. were looking out their window, going, "Oh, this is." So I think the council then approached the fringe uh, to say, "Well, can we? You know, um, something needs to be done about this." So the fringe went, "Okay, well, we'll, we'll manage that." And then I think it was. It was Rebecca Pepiet, I think, was the first ever fringe manager, and she had a hell of a time. First ever street events manager, mm-hmm. and I think she had a hell of a time because you know it was all new and stuff. But then, um, Kathy and Ginny came on on board and did it for seven years. <laughs> and I remember, I remember when they told me that they did it for seven years. I was like, seven years. How long have you been doing it now for? Uh, this is year eleven. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so it's Kathy and Ginny, and I think, that, and before I came on board, there was one other person who who managed it, who had a, a really bad time of it as well, um, and then I, and then they, they advertised the job. So I, I didn't really. But know. I remember Kathy and Ginny, and then there was yeah. one year it was Laura or somebody. Mm, Melissa. One or year, something like that. And then Gareth made her cry or something. Yeah, some, I think yeah. she had a, a, yeah, they had a really hard time. I think she had to bring security along to the draw with Maybe, her. Maybe yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you, then you turned out. Yeah, yeah. So then, I, so, so I so I'd applied for the, for the job. Um, I didn't really know much about it at all, and it was only kind of sort of after I had my job, got the job, that I started kind of like having a wee look into it, and you know, getting onto the Facebook uh, and having a little look around. And it was only there that I kind of was like, oh shit! <laughs> yeah, I, I remember. I think you posted something, and it was just like all this immediate. Like, yeah, yeah this what the fuck? Now we got who the fuck are you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think you're gonna do. I think it was. I think it was. Uh, I hope he didn't make me say this. I think it was AJ who wrote who wrote something like, um, "Who are you? What experience do you have in events? What experience do you have in street performing?" 
who the fuck are you to be doing this? I know. The takes up like that odd. I yeah. remember that. Yeah. Because we were already like, we got used to Kathy and Ginny and everything, and then 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 whoever it was that that one year, and it was all this like chaos and people were just being assholes. And I think it was a fee. They, they, I think I think someone has had come up with a great idea of uh, let's uh, let's let's charge a street performer as a fee for for performing on the on the high street. Oh, maybe yeah, I don't know. I and just it remember was... it was just chaos that that one year and yeah. people just being just like just relax guys like, yeah yeah uh-huh. and then, then when you came on it was like now is another new person we yeah, had to deal with yeah yeah uh-huh yeah and then um, you getting all this flack on what did you po- what did you post it on was it on Facebook I think it was on Facebook a Facebook group like a yeah Facebook I think group? it was Asher, I think Asher had a Facebook group <clears throat> um, and, and I think I posted it saying hello I'm Andy I'm starting this year <laughs> <laughs> I've just started it's just kind of getting my feet under the desk and, uh-huh. yeah looking forward to seeing you all blah 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 and then it's like, Bleh. yeah. Um, and I, and I had Tracy. Thank God for Tracy. Uh, I don't know if you remember um, Tracy, who, who worked with that first year. Um, I'd worked with her before, and she I just happened to see her coming into the fringe office and looking for a job. And I'd worked, yeah, because I worked with her before on the, the science festival. I was like, okay, thank God, right? Okay, you, you, okay, well, let's do this together. Yeah. Um, and it was really her and I think it was Tiga that, that first year that kind of got us got us through. Um, but I think I think I think at that point I was I was kind of like okay well you know um, let's just try and be completely honest and kind of you know and it was I was really excited about it. I was like listen I mean, this is the by far the biggest job that I'd ever had. So mm-hmm. I remember coming back on the bus after I got the, you know said that they got offered the job and I was just like oh fucking yeah oh, brilliant this is oh my god. I'm like, Kind of half kind of excited and half kind of bricking it. Yeah. Um, but I think, uh, and, and I think I remember as well writing this, uh, writing this big long post about you know this and that and kind of you know about what I was going to you know about all the points that people were trying to address. And I showed it to Tracy before I posted it. She was just like, "Don't post that. Just stay <laughs> quiet." I was like, "Okay." <laughs> and that was probably the best of you know, the best thing because if I posted that. It would have just turned into another whole kind of thing. So yeah. I think I think that our our our, um, uh, our plan was just to just keep them, just just be quiet, uh-huh. and just kind of just want to see how it goes and develop it and stuff. But yeah, and I think I think that first um, draw that I did on that that first day, I kind of remember it just because because I kind of I was just like, okay, well, just be completely honest and just say that you're. Actually, really excited about doing it, and um, you know you're honoured to be part of it, and um, it's uh, it's it's going to you know you're really excited, and you know anything that you know if you you have issues or problems, you know come and talk to me about it, etc. etc. And I think I slung in a couple of jokes there that got mm. a couple of laughs, and I think that <laughs> yeah, again that was like one of those kind of really lucky kind of moments uh, like you just about pulled that off, and uh, you might be okay here. Yeah. Um, and and that first year, I mean, we worked our asses off. Like me and Tracy in that office, we were working weekends in you know two months before, um, all the way through. The, the whole system. I mean, street events is a complicated thing. You've got you know eight hundred plus people registering. So you've got obviously you've got all the, the, the circle shows. You've got the um, fringe groups, and you've got all the buskers, and you've got everybody else. So you're dealing the, with everything, even the little stages. Yeah, yeah, you deal with everything. So okay. so, so the. Um, uh, the market stalls, um, you know. So there's there's a lot of people, there's a lot of information coming in and out. And so that the, the first year we did it, we had it, it was all on paper. So it was all 
faxed in and then we would have to write it down. I think the schedule that we made was literally on a big, massive bit of paper. So for the scheduling, all the buskers and all mm-hmm. the, all the um, fringe groups and stuff was all on a big paper. So it was, it was a just administration nightmare. Yeah. Um, so it was really, really tough in terms of the amount of hours we did. Um, but yeah, it, 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 and I, I think it was worried throughout the whole thing, that the that, that, that whole festival was like, oh my God, something could happen, something could happen. Like what? <sighs> Well, I mean, there's obviously the, the um, uh, you know, street performer revolt was, uh, you know, one thing. And then, <laughs> and then the, and the other thing, the, the, always the thing that worries me more than that is probably just the safety kind of thing of it, because there's just so many people there. Um, and just managing the, the, the amount of crowds that come through that space and how to do it in a way that you're not going to, you know, get some kind of instant. And, and uh, you know, a couple of times it's been touch and go. Um, on, the, on the high street there. Yeah. Um, just before we kind of got down, you know, got the the crowd management stuff down and how to you know move people around and and how to work with you guys in terms of pulling in crowds and and, and making sure that people can get through and things like that. And how many people are you working with on the on the high street in, in terms of staff? Well, yeah, yeah, like you're, you're the street. So the street team. Um, I think in those days it was about forty. Um, oh, okay. I think it's a bit more now. I think it's about wow. fifty-five. I imagine so. it's like seven of you trying to deal with all this stuff. Yeah, no, no. Oh, it's a big. It's a big team. It yeah. is a big team. Yeah. Um, and they're all paid staff. And I mean, we're so much more organised now. Um, just in terms of the whole administration thing, the whole online thing. We, I mean, we use a special specialist bit of software now to to administer the whole thing um, and programming and. All the scheduling and all the um, all the different venues and things like that, and it's, it's so much easier than, than yeah. it was. Yeah. So that first year, through that first year, as you were as it was going through, did you, is there, is there a certain point you felt like, okay, like this is going to be all right? I think so. Yeah, I think I probably probably after that first that first that first draw when I didn't get eaten alive on that first draw, and mm-hmm. that, and and I was like, well, okay, you know. You know, there's a bit of reasonableness here, and there's you know, there's a bit of kind of working together kind of thing, and I I, I did feel that as well. I mean, I really yeah. wanted it to work. And I knew you guys wanted it to work. Yeah. And we were, you know, I was quite happy to you know take any kind of advice or any kind of um, you know direction on on how to to organise it, and I, and I had a very keen sense that this wasn't you know our event. This was very much. The performers event because you know you guys had been doing it for many 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 years before the fringe had managed it a lot of the processes a lot of the the ways that we managed it was taken from other places like covent garden for the draw and mm-hmm. the way we did it and i was quite happy to continue doing that and to build on that and to continue making it um you know a co-production between us and 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 you guys because there's, there was no other way of doing it. There's no, yeah. there's no managing you guys. There's no kind of, there's no kind of laying down the law. You know, there's no. You get there's, there's you know you can either you can either push up against it or you can kind of go with the flow and right. tidy up around the edges. Yeah. So that's the the, the method I think I, I used. So so when when you first got that that blowback on the on the message on the Facebook, is that your first time when you realised what you were up against, or did yeah. you have a sense before then that you might? 
I think I think I, I think I knew there was a bit of disquiet in the in the in the ranks, and I think I knew there was you know that something had you know had gone on the year before, but I didn't really have any idea, and I didn't really have any idea about the street performing community and you know how it worked or you know who these people were. I didn't have any. I'd never worked with that side of it before. You know, I'm used to working with you know. Softies were working theatres. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was, it's, it's just really, I think it kind of blew me away as well, just how interesting this, the street performing community is because it's not, you know, a lot of the art, the arts world is very much kind of, you know, it's, it's it, you know, there's, um, you know, they have grants and they have, they're, they're nurtured and, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's an established kind of thing and it's very kind of, um, uh, you know, there's, there's processes and there's there's this kind of way. There's, it's kind of a um, a little bit kind of wrapped up in wool um, kind of kind of thing. But well, well, the street performing community. I mean, you're out there doing shows, you're out there, you know, performing and and doing things, but you're just doing it on your own mostly. I mean, you literally people like rocking up to a, a square with a, a suitcase and not having any fucking, not having anyone. Kind of, uh, you know, giving them a pat on the back, or you know, giving them, you know, telling them there's a support number to ring here, or you know, you can get grants from this people, or advice from this workshop, or whatever like that. There's there's really not none of that was going on. Uh Um, So I think I thought it was a really interesting kind of that it it was kind of like at the proper coalface of. Of um, of performance, you know, it was, there's there's no there was no there's no safety net. There's no kind of um, um, you know support network other than yourselves. Yeah. There's no kind of you know big organisations kind of uh, you know advising and doing five year plans and, and and all that. And this is something you can't, you you started you discovered as you were working. Yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah. It was, and I suppose Edinburgh is a, a weird one as well because it's kind of half. It's half kind of proper streets. No one's no one's getting paid to be there. No one's getting their travel or anything organised like that. Um, but there is still a bit of organisation behind it. And yeah. There's staffing there, and there's you know Facebook there's, there's gear. Facebook gear, and there's a license. We have a license for the street and all that kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah, it's kind of so it's kind of hard in has a has a foot in both sides of those those kind of worlds as well. Yeah, it's really interesting. Well, I think just from my perspective, when I was there that your first year, I think you endeared yourself to us. Just kind of what you're saying, like you really were like, "I'm here to listen. Yeah. We want to try to improve things. Yeah, and and we're going to work on. You have questions for things. Yeah, I think there was something with um, when we can use amps. I thought it was there was something about oh, you might be able to. You, I think you were like, "I'm working on seeing if you guys can use your amp and." Parliament, or just something you were trying to make changes. Yeah, yeah, in okay. our favor right yeah. away. Yeah, and I think that was important. And um, because of that year before it was so tense, uh-huh. and then you coming in, and also I think even with you having posted on there, people seeing that they're like, "Well, who's this guy?" And I think you kind of it, it, through the post it, it calmed down a bit. Yeah, I kind of remember, and then and then just you being like you said, being honest and saying you know like you want to help us, and that really made a difference. Mm. And then, and then obviously you would have learned each year how to manage certain people better than other people. With the... mm. I, think, I think as well, a lot of people have, have mellowed over the years as well. Mm-hmm. A lot of the people who were, who were really kind of nuts uh, back in the day have mellowed over the time that I've, I've been there. Yeah. I mean, certainly I can see a lot of changes in a lot of people, just, just kind of a bit more, okay, just, you know, a bit more calm and a bit more kind of, you know, maybe it's just an age thing or, or something like that. Probably. 
Uh, maybe the, the new, new, new performers are a, a little bit less, possibly a little bit less kind of hardcore street than, than, than the old, old school I guys. I imagine. I think it might be because there's less places that just street perform, yeah, so maybe. they're coming at it from a different Yeah, maybe. Way. I think a lot of people are coming from circuses now yeah. into street performance rather than doing street performance and then moving on to circuses. It's yeah. interesting. Or, yeah, just coming from going to a circuit school and being dumped out and just doing everyone else's yeah. lines and having massive skill. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> so that being said, like, the 11 years, you've seen that difference in the performers coming through. What about um, how it's changed in Edinburgh? Because I know last year there was some changes with the pitches opening up. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there was a bit of a controversy a couple of years. Uh, it was two years ago. We kind of changed, changed the way that... We tried to change the way the street works to try and make it a little bit better. And... Honestly, we made we made some mistakes in in the way we did we did First, that. So happened, you know, yeah. we, I think we um, we took out the market from West Parliament Square and we put a, a stage on, on West Parliament Square. And the idea wasn't to the idea was trying to make it better as a, as a, a more kind of uh, dynamic, um, uh, more. Uh, I think something that will work for, for lots of different people mm-hmm. and, and, and there was a lot of pushback about that stage um, and even though we tried to make it you know, big enough so that it would um, you know you could get a bigger audience in that space and you could get a bigger audience in that space but in, it, just the balance didn't quite work because yeah. the, the busker spaces at the front were, were now not protected from the market in terms of sound yeah. and noise and, and all that happened, and, and and I think I've got an easier time of that than I probably should have done, um, possibly because of the you know I've been doing it for a while now, so I think there was a bit of forgiveness there. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, Andy screwed up. Andy screwed up. Let him get away with this year. Don't fuck up next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so certainly we we put, put we put the market back where it was um, last year again, and. Um, and, and it works a lot and we took away the stage and it works as, as good as it always, it yeah. always did because that West Monk Square area I know it's like really really important and really holds a sort of place in a lot of people's hearts and so yeah. I'm glad that we, we haven't screwed it up forever <laughs> no. <laughs> no and then and, and uh, what, like when you're thinking about making these changes how because I know the street performance is only one part of what you have to deal with. Mm. So when you think of making these changes, what is like the domino effect on everything? Like how how much are the market stalls complaining? To yeah, so that, that's a, that's an interesting thing about the street events as well because it's a balancing act. Yeah, of course you've got the street performers, but you've also got the market traders who actually pay a lot of money for those market stalls. Um, you've got obviously you know, hundreds of buskers who who wanted to do shows there as well. You've got and then you've got whatever the fringe needs and whatever the sponsor needs and whatever the the council needs um, uh, whatever the and you're doing the thing about the street events as well you're, you're, you're doing this massive outdoor event for like an entire month in this hugely historic and important street in, in the set in the capital of Edinburgh you know this ancient historic street which has you know the city chamber the council city chambers are right on it right in the middle you've got um, St Giles Cathedral which is you know the the you know, the biggest, most well-known um, cathedral in, in Scotland. You've got um, the High Courts of, of Scotland, which is like, you know, the equivalent of the Supreme Court mm-hmm. um, anywhere else. You know, the, the highest courts of the land. 
where we're doing a draw in their car park every morning. <laughs> um, and you've got, you know, you've got a French consulate is there. Um, you've got, you know, you've got multiple shops and businesses around the area as well. So it's a constant kind of, you know, how, how it ever got, you know, how, how we ever got to do shows in that, that street there. Yeah. I, I, I really don't know. Cause I think if you, if, if, you know, if it wasn't happening and you suddenly put on now, they, 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 yeah, no. people are, no freaking way. Yeah. No way. Yeah, and so you're constantly having to to balance out all those different needs and wants, and 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 to try and make everybody happy, or everybody at least equally unhappy, right? Um, or you know, equally at least you know they'll put up with it. So there's a lot of a lot of um, talking to people and and tweaking things and and explaining why you're doing this and mm-hmm. um, you know. Being trying to be charming and trying try to kind of uh, be understanding, mm-hmm. and a lot of saying sorry. I've said sorry so many times. Like, yeah, it's just yeah. You know, the St. John's Cathedral, for instance. You know, they have they have you know carol concerts and and um, uh, you know concert season in there, and they also have uh, their their church services and things. And a number of times, you know, we blown them out for have some brass band right outside their window. Or, yeah, you know, it's it's really it's really tricky. You know, or, or the High Court of Scotland has, you know, they're they're putting this massive case of some murder and stuff on, and there's you know there's someone you know juggling a yeah. apple or something outside their outside their room or yeah. you know, a, you know, a guy dressed in a dress doing a yeah. doing a <laughs> slack rope. <laughs> slack <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, which which uh, which if any of them demands most of your attention, the, the different aspects. You know what? It's not actually the, the street performers. I have to say, it's, really? it's not. I, mean, it's, the I feel like you're now, there. Like I feel like you just represent us all the time. Like you're you're at the draw, and you. Yeah, I, it's, it, the street performers are are usually the the most pleasurable, easy to get along with. Because now it's a machine. It's kind of a machine. Everybody knows where they stand. <clears throat> Everyone kind of has an idea. Know of how it works. It's been working the same way for a long time. As long as it's it's fair and it's you know people are reasonably happy about it, then you know it's it's not so bad. So the hardest group, and it changes year by year. I mean, obviously the market traders they're paying a lot of money, so they have you know they have a bit of a, a more stake, a bit more stake in it, and you know you you've got to you know they, they're paying they've paid a lot of money, and you put their market stall in somewhere that's not working. Oh yeah, it's really tough, man. It's really. Yeah. I mean, well, what do you what do you do? What do you say? Yeah. Um, uh, and the, and you know, the buskers as well. It's a big group of people, and you know, there's this whole recently as well the the um, the issues with the loud buskers, uh, the, the the guys that are coming along with the, the big sound systems, oh, okay. doing great shows that people really really love. But it's really hard for us to accommodate because you know the, the sound that's a recent is, thing. It's, re- it's a recent thing. So, the, so only in the last maybe four or five years now, um, batteries and the technology is there to be able to bring out, a, a, you know, and the cost yeah. factor is there to be able to bring out a big old sound system in the street without power supply. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and they, yeah, as I say, they're hugely talented. They're doing amazing shows, and people are love it. But they're, they're really loud, and so if you put them somewhere, then you can't put, you know, you can't have anything close to them because they're just so loud and the bass is just going through everything mm-hmm. you get complaints from the council the shops the businesses and everything residents so it's a new thing to deal with that's a new thing to deal yeah. with and I don't think we haven't we, we haven't really nailed how to deal with that yet um, 
but you know they're they're coming up and they want to work and you know yeah they're loud but you know I want to try and be able to accommodate them because yeah. if we don't accommodate them they go elsewhere which which um, which kind of pisses off whoever they're next to and which yeah. can have knock on effects on us as well and, and and you know street performing in general in Edinburgh and outside the fringe as well so that's a real yeah, it's, it's a bit of a tough one right now. And it may, it may mean that, for instance, the street performers have to give up some of their spots so that, you know, that they have somewhere to perform and there's that controversy and there's that discussion like a decibel as well. Meter. And then they, same as, like, going over time, you get banned if you're... Yeah, decibel meters, it's, it's tough to make them work. It's tough because it depends on the, the, the levels of sounds in the general vicinity and how far away you're, you're doing it. And uh, it doesn't the bass is, is is a real issue and it doesn't really translate. It's yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Something we quite, haven't quite worked out yet, but yeah. I'm trying to nail it maybe this year. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and has there been a lot? Is have you seen like an increase in performers showing up lately, or has it been about the same? For the for the street performers, you kind of it's like some years you get like. A lot, and then some years you get. I mean, it has steadily increased. It has. I think we started so around like seventy. I think. I think we started off with having around about sort of seventy, you know, um, applications, and at a draw you might have sort of fifty people at, at the one time, which is still a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and then we, I think all in all we have around I think sixty shows per day uh-huh. available. Uh-huh. Um, and then, and then via, but it has increased. So. Um, I think, I think we, I think the the most we got, the most applications we got, was about 120 uh-huh. like sample shows applying, and then I think the most at the draw have been around maybe mid sort of 80, 90 people, um, which means a lot of people aren't getting shows. Yeah, that's a um, lot. I don't. Remember. I mean, it's been like five years since I've been there. Yeah, but yeah. I think the top was in the low 70s. I think was the yeah, max yeah, yeah. used to be. Yeah. Um, but it, I think it kind of polices itself because you know if you do, if 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 one year people are going they say well we're not getting any shows there we you know we, we can't perform there so it's not worth our time and so they don't go they don't go the next year and so the, the numbers kind of go down a bit so yeah. it kind of kind of self polices and there's lots of chat all the time about well what if we limited the number of people that that that, that were allowed to come or what if we you know we did a lottery for the number of people who were allowed to come you know six months in advance or whatever like that. But and that, that that sort of takes away the, the spirit of it. Yeah, some people just sort of turning up, show up for like a week. They yeah. want to go for a uh-huh. weekend. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Now, what's the application process? You're saying 120 people apply. So it's it's so I should say it's a it's a registration. It's not an application. It's uh, <laughs> I was like, wait, there's an application. No, 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 what are you talking no, no, about? Registration. Yeah. So all you need to do is register. Yeah. We, so the the so. We just need to know, kind of, I mean, really for the administration more than anything Just else. to have an expectation of what you might be getting. Yeah, so, so in that application form, is, uh, we try and give information about, in the registration form, we try and give information about, uh, you know, what the actual event is so that, you know, people understand what they're showing up to in the first place and what their expectations are. Um, it just allows us to, to uh, well, because it's all computerized now. We need your names in the system to be yeah. able to do it. And I think as, uh, on, a, on a kind of health and safety kind of, um, we, we kind of need to know who people are. So, so, you know, if anything does happen, we know, we know who that person is. And yeah. we have, you know, we have their name and, and, and everything in the system. 
um, uh, insurance as well for, for the insurance part of it as well. So. And was it was it your first year that there was like little perks when you you went in and you got your little your card and you had like a discount on stuff? Was that yeah that's you put in the, yeah that's the, uh, that's that, I think we we tried to do, we what we've tried to do is pull in. Um, the the street former participants more and more into what the regular fringe participants get. And yeah, actually, okay. it's pretty much on a level now. So, mm-hmm. so um, I mean, it, just in the last ten years, the fringe has grown, you know, more than double the size it was. Um, the fringe organisation has been turned from very much a sort of sort of village fate kind of kind of little organisation to you know a proper well managed, well oiled machine who. You know, very focused on um, you know providing a value for participants and and um, you know, trying to live up to their expectations in terms of how, you know how to further their careers and how to make the most out of their time in Edinburgh. So there's you know a huge kind of um, uh, program of workshops and meetings and and, and uh, um, get-togethers and, and that. That the fringe puts on now, that um, that for any participant that's in the fringe, including the the street events participants, um, and we've tried to keep that in line. So, so they, and they now produce like a list of discounts and stuff for all over over town, and we just throw for the, the street events um, groups into that as well. Yeah, I guess I kind of remember that first year. I think a combination of all these things were helped to make it an easier transition when you came in because you were offering things you wanted to listen to us yeah. with suggestions you were open to you know yeah and I'm always I'm always like all ears if someone's got a good idea that's going to cause less than yeah, yeah, like sure. a, oh, yeah. great fine. yeah let's do that yeah, yeah. Uh, so then how do you get here to Sharjah so um, actually meeting Stuart at the at the um, <coughs> Stuart Stuart from yeah. Dolphin Creative um, mm-hmm. at um at the Edinburgh Fringe, and um, he, I think we went for a beer. Uh, he, he got, and he said, "Oh, well, I'm doing, you know, do, do, I'm doing this new company in in Dubai, and uh, yeah, we, we maybe want you to bring it across." And and, and how uh, many years have you been working? I think the couple first of, year was maybe 2011. Possibly. So you've been even at the Fringe for like three years. Yeah, maybe so. two or three years uh-huh. before meeting Stuart. Yeah, um, and uh, he said, "Yeah, I'll bring it across." And I didn't hear from him for like, like three months or something like that. And I just I thought, wow, yeah, it's just like, I've got you know, a chat yeah. with him a beer, got mm-hmm. a free beer out of it, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and then he called me up and said, I need you in Dubai in like two weeks, can you come? Classic <laughs> 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 Yeah. What was this for? What was the first thing? This was actually in Sharjah. I mean, I just kind of didn't realise it at the time because we were staying in Dubai. It was in Sharjah. It was the Sharjah Water Festival at my jazz park, where we are right now. Oh, yeah. I didn't really have any idea about, you know, about, you know, how it was set up or anything like that. But we were with um, this Belgium street band called Don Fiasco um, and who were who kind of this mad, crazy travelling um, bands who kind of, uh, you know, just, just walked around the place and did lots of you know, tunes and they, they all dressed up weirdly and they had a little um, uh, sort of uh, disability scooter that would bring along this big kind of you know, instrument thing that they would play and, you know, they were crazy Belgians, you yeah. know, just all over the place, you uh-huh. know, people were just like, well, what, what are these people? <laughs> and, uh, and Lindsay, um, uh, um, Lindsay, um, oh God, come on, Cabana Lindsay, Cabana, Cabana Lindsay. Lindsay, yeah, knew it, 
and yeah, it was the first uh, kind of uh, experience of of working out here and what that means. And uh, so it's only the Belgian band and then just Lindsay. Belgian band and Lindsay. Okay. Uh-huh. So it wasn't like you didn't have to deal with a whole bunch of. No, no, it was just two of us. So two, just two. I mean, the, the Belgians were were nuts. Yeah, um, that was enough. But yeah, that was enough. Um, yeah, so we came out here. I think it was here for like two weeks, um, and we were doing the show every day. And yeah, it was completely, it was completely new. You know, I, when I first heard I was going to Dubai, oh Dubai, you know, I'd never seen really a skyscraper before, and uh-huh. it was like, it was like, yeah, this is all like amazing and new, and um, and yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was a good time. Like it was fun. Yeah, and then the second time was for what? Oh man, I think it was probably the um, Marina Street Festival, right? Yeah, so Marina, the Dubai Marina Street Festival, and that's when we brought out loads of people and yeah. started doing shows out here. And it's weird that going from 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 the UK, where do, do getting doing events and stuff is <coughs> you know reasonably easy. And like when you call somebody up and say, "Oh, can you can you bring me this?" and they go, "Yeah, okay, what date, what time?" and they they arrive on that date and that time. That's <laughs> <laughs> like. Oh, that's, that's, that's easy. Uh, it's not like that here. Um, Inshallah is a, is a great phrase. Uh, yeah, um, God, God willing. Uh, so you know, they'll, you know, say, can I have it this time and this date? And they say, Inshallah. So Inshallah God willing, God willing. Yeah, God willing. But you know, if God does not will it, then uh-huh. it will not happen. Uh-huh. And wow. uh, it often does not happen. Right. Um, so yeah, just just it, it, and, and a lot of bureaucracy, and obviously working for a, for a client here as well. So you're working. You know, it was a bit of a new thing as well. So you you, you have a client. So the client expects something, and if the, you know you're, you're providing service, and if the you know, if you don't provide that service, the client's not going to pay Stuart, and then you ain't going to get paid. So right. it's a yeah. different. Different and and then obviously the cultural differences of doing shows over here and um, making sure that you know the stuff that you can do in Europe and, and America is not going to be the same as the stuff that you can you can do over here. You know, yeah. the, the threshold is a lot lower. The the line is a lot closer. Mm-hmm. And so having to you know having to mix that kind of freewheeling kind of um, uh, boundary bashing kind of uh, spirit of of street performance and match that up with. What yeah? What's expected here? What is expected here? And sure, you can you know let's 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 knock on those boundaries a little bit and uh, put our toes over the line sometimes, but let's not you know, let's, get cut off. Let's, yeah, let's yeah. not get it cut off. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. then you, you you it would clearly like it was he would Stuart would have seen that your experience there dealing with the street performers and and all that probably all the, everything, mm-hmm. but with us would be easy to have you come out here. I'm guessing to have to manage us in this kind of environment. Yeah, yeah. I suppose I knew a lot of the performers as well, so I, was, I could help Stuart with, with, with a bit of programming stuff. And um, at, the t- at the time, I mean, Stuart knows all street performers now, but I think we could, you know, we, we should bounce off, off, off each other quite well. And, um, you know, I think we, we can talk about things and we can, um, you know, we can work through things together. I think that's how that, that, that really worked for, for both of us. Um, coming out here and then so it's got to be because it's not you're not dealing with all the other elements in Edinburgh with the with the, the markets and everything and, and you're out here just with primarily dealing with us mm. is it a different is it does it have a different feel to you yeah as far as your relationship with with um, the street performers 
A little bit, well, because because we're more we're more responsible for you in Edinburgh. I don't care what you do, you know. If you don't show up, or if you don't, you miss your flight, or if uh, you know your your bedroom falls through, or something like that. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah, but I do care. Yeah, it's a bit of sympathy. It's not my responsibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But here, you know, from the moment you step on that plane to the moment you leave is pretty much, you know, I need to make sure that you're all right. Need to make sure that your hotel rooms are booked. Need to make sure you get to yourself to the venue and get the shows on time, etc., etc. So it's a bit more kind of um, a bit more hands-on than than doing doing Edinburgh is, yeah. I think. And because you know, I'm in the client side, it's kind of directly responsible for what happens on the on the on the on the on the, on the set as well. So it's it's more kind of yeah, you're a bit more kind of involved in, yeah. in you know what's happening, what's what's cool and what's not cool. And, yeah. Do you feel like you you kind of but with all the years of dealing with street performers, have you kind of got inside understanding in different people's heads on how you can manage, like, listen, your show is great, but uh-huh. here you might want to think about, like, do you have a different sense of how you can deal with certain performers and situations? Oh, I suppose so. I suppose, I suppose it's... Um... I suppose it's, you know, understanding that they want to do the show how they want to do it um, and, and trying to find out, uh, you know, a balanced kind of way of, 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 you know, letting them do the show as they want to do it but maybe taking out certain bits or, you know, mm-hmm. maybe kind of adjusting things here. But I, I never want to adjust people's shows. Like, sure, I never really, really, really... I'm not you really, also don't want anyone to get arrested. No, I just... Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. You know, I, don't, I don't really mind, you know, what you're doing. But, yeah. Um, and I suppose knowing people before before you get they they get here is is you know is is easy makes it easier to do that so you're not just going you know some guy out of nowhere saying um, you know stop you know slapping your ass or whatever yeah yeah, um, yeah. it's just you know it's Andy from Edinburgh going hey Ray, you know, yeah yeah, hey, yeah. you know that bit where you slap your ass <laughs> yeah yeah don't do that yeah <laughs> I think that does make a difference I think it makes yeah. a huge difference like yeah. knowing that you're here it's like oh Andy's here all right mm. cool like you know like how you operate and everything and, mm. and that you, you're you want the, what's best for everyone mm. and so yeah. it's yeah it's a little bit easier yeah and I do, I do I totally want everyone to have a really nice time and you know for the shows to be fun and you know that's what we aim for yeah <laughs> it doesn't always work like that but no no, no, yeah. no and so your failed acting career ended mm. up I mean this was uh, this is not a failed acting career this is like this is like from school plays oh well okay <laughs> So you still have a chance. I still have a chance, man. You can still go out so, there. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. And, but you're enjoying this dealing with uh, the, the different... Yeah, man. It's, it's, it's weird. Different challenges and everything. Yeah, yeah and it's weird. It's, it's kind of taken my life in a direction I never really thought it was going to take. You know, I was yeah. scrabbling around doing box offices and, and, and sort of theatre kind of stuff. Um, and... I, I, I'd never thought I'd be going to Dubai and then it's, it's opened so many doors doing doing this kind of thing that I would never thought I'd be able to it would open um, mm. doing doing Glastonbury every year um, so I managed to get a job on Glastonbury through being at some party in Adelaide with a with street performers that somebody that was an organiser from Glastonbury was there and I was able to persuade them to give me a job there wow. so now I think that I think it's like eight or nine years I've been doing doing Glastonbury which is an awesome festival to be able to do which I never would have been able to do without um, without knowing all you guys um, I mean various I've gone all over the Middle East with Stuart uh, <laughs> 
just feel that Oman was a was an interesting one, and then uh, you know the, in Qatar and Kuwait and you know, various various places, weird places that I never thought I would have would have ever yeah gone to. Um, and I've done festivals and in Sudan. That was an interesting one. <laughs> yeah, who, who thought you go to Sudan? Um, so yeah, Sudan um, street festival with uh, with Stuart again, cartoon like? street performer. Um, that was a very interesting one actually. In what way? Well. So we had, so I think we brought like um, six, six or seven street performers. Um, Living Space was there, uh, Dynamite was there. And you know, you'd basically go into you know, what, what is a bit of a war zone or has been a war zone for many, many years. Mm-hmm. And so we were pretty much driven straight to the only five star hotel in, in Khartoum. And we weren't allowed out without like these really evil looking uh, bodyguard guys. Um, and then, you're, you know, you're, you're you're going to when, and the show was really lovely and everyone, everyone was really really nice like all the people were the really really nice people they really really appreciated the shows and we're doing it just down in the park down the road from the hotel um, but there was always that kind of sort of air of menace around <laughs> like you, yes. you know you, you know you weren't allowed to go anywhere by yourself um, and then and then yeah you're, you're, you're chasing around uh, Dynamite who's like you know you know, running around with his pants down and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good choice. Yeah, it was a good choice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. 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 Uh, so, what do you see as the next thing? I mean, uh, you got Glastonbury, you got Edinburgh, you got working with Stewart. I mean, it's, it's a really nice, it's a really nice life uh, for yeah. as long as I can, I can do it. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm. New Zealand just now as well. My girlfriend, so hopefully be able to do you know do a bit more over there doing the Dunedin Fringe. Oh yeah, gonna bring street performance to the Dunedin Fringe. Okay. I did, um, I did a, I did a thing in Dunedin. It was like a market on. I did some shows in Dunedin. Yeah, it was, a uh, it was like a Sunday market in the Oaks. And they hired me to. Yeah, I did one show there and yeah. one show somewhere. It was like someone told me. I think it was Rob Glor told me. Okay. Yeah, go to. The, I was in. I did some else. That I was doing some couple things in New Zealand. I was trying to pick stuff up and like contact this woman. They wanted street performance. They paid me and I. What did that? Dunedin was cool. They had that really the Seek Street, yeah, yeah. Street in the world. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. So they're doing a fringe now. They do. Cool. They're doing a fringe for a while. Dunedin is the is the uh, it's, it's the, the word for Edinburgh. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's the streets are named. So the streets are all the same. Yeah, um, it's it's very. It's like it's like the Scottish people from that were come, came over went as, south as far as they as, as far as until it, it got cold enough for them. Uh, <laughs> so I got to Dunedin and went, oh, it's cold enough here. There's <laughs> freezing here. Right. <laughs> Let's set up. That's funny. Um, but yeah, so I'm working on that um, this year and I'm going to go back to, to a stint in Edinburgh again. Um, Do you have any time off? Because if you, Edinburgh's like, you start working in Edinburgh in like kind of May kind of time right um, yeah you get, there's a little bit of a, there's been a little bit of breaks here and there um, but also you're doing different things so you're in different places yeah you're in different yeah. things uh-huh. so it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's you, know, you, you enter contracts and then you, you really don't have any work so there's no money coming in so you, you but you know you have Edinburgh yeah, I know I have Edinburgh every year yeah. and, which is a, a beautiful thing you know, yeah. my hometown it's it, it's hard it's going to be hard leaving that job because what is going to match Doing that, that, that event, whatever the next thing is, yeah, you yeah. probably know one at the it's time. It's just such a nice job to have, though. To don't leave. Of, uh, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. I'm <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, never gonna leave. Yeah, I'm doing it on a matey. Yeah, just keep going. 
dynamite get down from there. <laughs> he won't have any teeth either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I think we got to do a group photo in about ten minutes. Yeah, we do. Downstairs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for uh, taking the time. Pleasure. Get a perspective thank that um, no other street performer has because. <laughs> Because I'm not a street performer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. Thanks, Andy. Cool. Bye. Bye. Thank you. I'm happy to announce once again that Stories from the Pitch can now be found on Spotify. However, there is another Stories from the Pitch. It's about football or soccer if you live in North America. So to search for this podcast, just add the word busker after pitch. All 116 episodes are on there. As always, this podcast is a labor of love, but we do need sponsorship to keep it going and release episodes more frequently. If you'd like to become a sponsor of the podcast, contact me at magic at buskerhalloffame.com. You can also visit the Busker Hall of Fame website and throw a little love into our online hat by clicking on the donate button, or become a sustaining supporter of this project at patreon.com forward slash buskerstories. Thanks in advance for supporting this project and helping keep busking history alive. Music for the podcast came from 357 Lover. Links to both songs are available in the notes section of this episode on the Busker Hall of Fame website. You can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Spotify, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. If you enjoyed this podcast, please tell a friend about it and leave us a five-star review. It'll help get the podcast noticed, and we'd really appreciate it. If you'd like someone to be interviewed or feel a certain voice has not been heard, please reach out to me and let me know. We're doing our best to capture interviews and stories with as many performers as we possibly can. It's up to you to help fill in the gaps. On behalf of myself and the rest of the team of the Busker Hall of Fame, remember, if you can't laugh at yourself, find someone else and laugh at them. I'm Magic Brian. Thanks for listening. <laughs>